in the beginning the project popular culture embarked on was normalizing conversations around mental health letting people know it was okay if they weren't feeling 100% mentally well that we all struggle to cope sometimes and the project was to destigmatize therapy goodwill hunting was among the pioneers to do this in 1997 Nearly two decades later, Shah Rukh Khan and Alia Bhatt starred in a movie that was exclusively about this. Writers of novels, films, TV shows around the world have on mass begun to use the therapist's counseling room as a vehicle for exposition. You would be taken into a character's therapy session, and there you'd learn what the character was learning, feeling, thinking, planning. Rick and Morty did it, BoJack Horseman did it, Big Little Lies did it, never have I ever does it. But now we are entering a new phase in society's engagement with therapy. In some bubbles of privilege and professional excellence, among certain cohorts of urban elite, therapy isn't just normalized. It is embraced, it is championed, it is celebrated. and not just to help us through breakups and bereavement and moving to new places many ceos executives business leaders have discovered therapy as one more weapon to build better products this is therapy not just as a healthcare benefit this is therapy to build better businesses this is therapy as a strategy tool to get more out of employees to hit business goals faster better and with less collateral damage you're listening to cost to company the kens weekly podcast about work and workplaces i'm your host sneha and in this episode of ctc we'll talk about how businesses are going to therapy to find themselves Hello there. I'm Snegdha from the Kens podcast team. Diwali is around the corner and we were wondering if you would like to give out a gift that will make the people that you care about, be it friends, employees, business partners or clients, remember you every single day of the year. How about you do something different this year? Give them an annual subscription to the Kens Every day we publish one story that is original, analytical, deeply reported and skillfully narrated. Not only will you make them feel smarter and happier for the rest of the year, you will also be doing your bit to support independent journalism. And of course, we know that no Diwali gift is complete without a box of delectable sweets, which is why we've partnered with the lovely folks at the Bombay Sweet Shop to bring you a customized bag of snackable goodies so go on and click on the link in the show notes you will find all the details there thank you in advance hey this is shrivar the other host of cost to company just popping in here with three quick things first if you've been enjoying this episode so far make sure you follow the show uh, give it a rating on spotify or a review on apple podcasts it helps the show reach more people okay secondly you can share your thoughts about the show on twitter tag at the ken web which is the ken's official twitter handle uh, sneha and i are also on twitter so we'd love to know your thoughts 
And lastly, we have a type form linked in our show notes where you can share your thoughts and observations around whatever's happening at your workplace that we can probably cover in a future episode of Cost to Company. It won't take too much time to fill, probably just two minutes. The link is in the show notes. Fill the form and become a part of the show. All right, back to the episode. You know, this is a new business that we were building uh, that I was directly in charge for called True Factor. This is Piyush Shah, co-founder of Inmobi, also COO of Glance. Today, he calls himself a lifelong entrepreneur. But there was a moment a few years ago when this conviction in his entrepreneurship began to crack. And, and I had thrown in like two years of our, of, of our, of our life into building this whole thing out. And, and we had all the success. The team was based in the US. I was in India. And we had done really well. And one fine day, it just sort of had to be shut down. Just like that. They just felt that we were hurtling on a highway and a pretty strong cruise mechanism doing well. Moment, All things aside, numbers aside. But it just felt like, the, like a truck came on the side and just killed us all together. I was, I was devastated. I was devastated to say the least. And and uh, and, and I started questioning, hey, what, what is the point of all this? I spoke to Naveen and others saying, hey, I don't think I'm cut out anymore for this. Naveen is Inmobi's CEO and Piyush's co-founder. I think I'm, I want to do something else in my life. I used to be strong at this. Maybe I'm not strong anymore. Incidentally, this is one of the most frequently talked about things in therapy. People find their self-esteem, their self-worth shaken by seasonal lows at work. But for Piyush, this wasn't any seasonal low. This was something new. I was hugely capitalistic by grade 11. uh, And I felt that, you know, the best thing I can do for society is to be an entrepreneur, is to be a capitalist. This is how I'll generate a lot of goodwill in the society. and And I'm good at this. Piyush dreamt of being an entrepreneur all his life. And soon enough, so many of Piyush's dreams came true. He co-founded Inmobi, the first Indian unicorn built out of India. Within Inmobi, he was tasked with building new venture after new venture. He was an entrepreneur among entrepreneurs. There's a book by Ben Horowitz. It's called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. That really, really, uh, you know, brought out Things that we were going through. Saying it is hard. You know, struggle is where greatness comes from. You know, it, it somewhat glorified grit to the highest extent possible. And I said, boss, this is how it is. This is hard. What you're doing is hard. So I better not complain about it and keep doing it. And as we started propagating it that to the team, we started saying, this company and our values is about ambition, huge ambition, combined with massive resilience and humility. And, and if, if you as folks cannot persevere, cannot be relentless about it, you know, this is what it means. We've all heard some version of this, either in our schools or from our parents. But no matter how woke the school and how evolved the parents, we've most certainly heard it in our workplaces. If you want to create something exceptional, you have to do something exceptional. If you want to build an empire, there will be blood. True greatness comes from true suffering. Mind over body. You're not complaining, you're whining. 
Piyush had spent six years building Inmobi, pushing himself, embracing hardships without once complaining about it. Except, at some point or another, everybody's mind fails to overcome the body it is in. The suffering gets too much. The exceptional costs too much. Too much blood is spilled. Piyush's suffering began to make him worse at work. After 10 years of doing all this, it just felt that whatever I felt were my strengths were actually actually sort of limiting myself. And I realized that when I was starting to get feedback from my people and leaders, they started seeing exactly the same things that I thought I was very good at. Hey, you're not communicating well. You're not inspiring us enough. You're not doing that enough. And I asked myself, why is this happening? And I figured that whatever had worked for me for the last 10 years was not any more helping me for the, for the next 10 years of my growth and the company's growth. So Piyush, who had dreamt all his life to be a businessman, who had already become the wildly successful entrepreneur of his dreams, who had built himself to be resilient, to not complain and accept hardship, found that he just wasn't good at it anymore. I felt something is not right in, in how I've interpreted this whole thing. And that's when I, I turned to... Uh, Towards that time is when I would actually turn to Veena. Veena Sethuraman is Director of Learning and Organizational Development at Inmobi. She's also a trained psychotherapist, hired full-time at Inmobi to coach and counsel founders and leadership. She says that this isn't just a Piyush experience. Founders and business leaders often see a collapse of self-confidence, a collapse of performance. It's not a one-off, it's systemic. So is this pattern, okay, of someone having, feeling, um, feeling professionally and then rethinking everything about their life and going into like, am I okay even as a person? Is this a recurrent pattern that you have seen? Um, yes, uh, Sneha, very much. And I call this as humanizing leadership. What we have done in corporates is we have put leaders in higher pedestal, we look at them as beyond human. They cannot have emotions. They cannot be overtly emo- emotional. They should be vulnerable, but they cannot cry. Producers note, crying, a generally shunned activity in the workplace, is one of the most ingenious ways our body has evolved to cope with overwhelming emotion. They should be uh, confident, but uh, they should allow failure. So they are constantly caught up in dichotomy right and we idealize them to such an extent that we refuse to accept when they fall from that pedestal but guess what if we were to put someone in higher pedestal including ourselves the only way from there is to fall down all right so hence there is a huge need in the corporate space today to humanize leadership and just to help the leaders know that they are as human as any other in this world Unfortunately, many leaders will not have that capacity to pause and ask themselves because they are too scared to question themselves because of the conditioning. And that vulnerability doesn't exist as a permission, psychological permission for many human beings, especially at the higher level. Eventually, those early drivers of success, resilience, grit, strength, the ability to bounce back without missing a beat, eventually those drivers tap out. Eventually, those drivers themselves become factors limiting growth. They become an inability to be vulnerable. They become an inability to allow sadness, to accept imperfection. 
but in corporates especially. And in startup, specifically, I want to talk about the startup landscape. You know, always founders would be a bunch of high-end um, achievers who have, who want to really contribute to the world, who want to contribute to the humanity. And they're willing to look like fools in front of the world, right? So what happens in this kind of a setup is they are going to they are going to face more criticism because they are trying trying something new. They are going to uh, actually be loved at sometimes because they are trying something um, as an uncharted territory. So what happens with founders especially is they go through a larger pressure than a you know a, a normal corporate you know professional because the the landscape creates more pressure for them because of what they end up doing. That's someone like Veena with training in psychotherapy that she was roped in to help Piyush. This isn't an aberration. This is rapidly becoming the rule. So basically, the thing is that if you look at the startup ecosystem, there are some phenomenal products being built out there, right? This is Akriti Joanna, founder and CEO of Kaha Mind, a mental wellness platform that provides therapy, among other services, to corporates. And the people who are building these products are obviously highly skilled, super intelligent people. For them to be able to do this work sustainably and for them to be able to keep building kick-ass products, it's also important for them to take care of themselves. And that is where Kahamain basically comes in because we help you take care of yourself. When she started the business in 2018, she would have to go to businesses to sell them the value of therapy and what it could do for a business's employees. Since the pandemic, however, she's seeing something entirely different. With people locked into their homes with their families or people locked in their homes without their loved ones, with uncertainty and the corresponding anxiety on the rise, businesses began to approach her to come to them. Akriti won't tell me who her clients are to protect their confidentiality. But from people I know, I've gathered that there are quite a few clients and many of them are pretty big. I would also disclaim that the Ken is a client of Kaha Mind. And that is what has actually been most important. And what we have realized is in the process of doing this, in the process of people coming in for therapy, attending workshops, you know, everything, taking care of their mental health overall, something we are noticing as a shift is that um, they're able to work better. They feel us a sense of maybe belonging to the org, maybe belonging in the team that they're working in. They feel better equipped to deal with um, any kind of work pressure, work stress that comes up. And you know how the startup ecosystem can be extremely demanding. This is not to say that this is a purely capitalistic project where the well-being of employees doesn't matter, only their productivity does. Akriti says that CEOs and founders that hire Kahamain genuinely care about the well-being of their employees. It's just that they found some added benefits. Whatever their goals are, goals could be something as simple as um, maybe managing stress better in meetings or, you know, in stressful situations or maybe um, dealing with investors in a better way. You know, these can be very stressful situations, especially for new founders or very young founders. It sounds like you have these therapists who are experts at Helping founders. Is that how you would describe it? 
founders and leaders. Yeah, so a lot of like, you know, it could be things like conflict management. Um, it could be things like um, a new lead has joined, basically a lead has joined a new company, you know, and there are existing leaders and there is this one new leader who joins. And that can sometimes create ripples or create conflict or be uncomfortable and be a slightly sticky situation. So how would you deal with that? So these are the different sort of things that, you know, we can work on. Just like there are therapists who are experts at dealing with cancer patients or patients with terminal or chronic illnesses, there are now therapists who are specialists at working with business leaders and founders. Is there, you know, an anonymized feedback in a, uh, that the business seeks or is given? Absolutely. I mean, without feedback, we wouldn't be doing our jobs better and neither would they. So there is always a way for us to tell the orgs, um, where they're doing really well, and maybe where things could be different or things could be better. Akriti says that in the beginning of the pandemic, when everyone was working from home overnight, lots of business leaders were struggling to communicate with their teams, struggling to get work done. Once Kahamine recognized that this was a recurrent issue across many of their clients, they devised solutions for the problem, like casual meetings, game nights, non-work-related catch-ups, in many ways, professional therapists were doing what more traditional HRs were also doing. So you would say that this is both a healthcare benefit as well as a business strategy. Absolutely. Okay. This is Isha Ahuja Varma, head of corporate and adult therapy at Trijog, another wellness platform like Kaha Mind that boasts clients like Z Entertainment, Red Bull, Burger King, HUL, OML, Paytm, Insider, and Soho House. And so you, you, you see these patterns, right? Like you're saying that stress management, time management, these are recurrent issues. The need to, uh, so much of imposter syndrome, the fear of being thought of as not good enough. And that actually be becoming a, accidentally becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy because you're so scared. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, is there, are there issues that you see, you know, uh, say if you're working with an organization, right? Will you, if, if you find that a lot of people from a particular organization are struggling with something similar or the root cause of a lot of their distress is something similar, is there a feedback loop where you can talk to the organization and say, you know, in an anonymized, safe way that I sense that something's happening in your organization. Does that happen? Absolutely. I mean, in a completely confidential and anonymous way, we can uh, propose if you're seeing certain themes, right? And we can even propose recommendations as to what can be modified or they go back and do their research. Like what are some issues that you've relayed back to organizations and said, you might have a structural problem. I'm seeing this a lot in your patients or in, in clients. Right. Uh, 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 we've we've uh, spoken about work-life balance to a couple of companies. We've spoken about, you know, modifying uh, interactions between leaders and uh, uh, juniors or team members. Uh, these are just some of the the uh, feedback that we've given. And are our, they taking uh, it? Have office. you have you found that they take it? Uh, they they're quite receptive to it. Here again, we're seeing therapists and therapy services stepping into what would have otherwise been the job of HR. And if you think about it, it seems obvious that this would eventually happen. 
and just like with kaha mind trijog also seems to have developed a specialization for corporates a corporate specialization of therapy seems to be emerging i had a document so this is pius 2.0 we're back to pius co-founder of inmobi who is telling us about his rebirth as pius 2.0 and i shared it with uh, my other founders and they said okay, what are you doping what's wrong with you but frankly i think that's the first time when something became right in me after a long while and now i want to hear about pius 2.0 Uh, I'm very. Ex- what was in that doc? What were the changes, and how did you see it manifest um, as um, as a professional enhancement? What were the professional benefits? You know, um, I think the first thing that I realized was that after so many years of what I've done. i still live in a sense of self doubt and and uh, what did the self doubt look like like what are some of the thoughts the self doubting thoughts specifically you know that maybe there's a better way of doing what i'm doing i'm not out there as a solid leader yet maybe the way navin is inspiring people in the organization is the right way of doing it i am not able to do so intellectually piyush had told himself that it was his job to fail but every time he did fail he took it personally he began to doubt himself he began to compare himself to his ceo and feel smaller but after he began therapy after he began working with veena on why he felt like this he began to understand that he wasn't lesser he was just different he began to remind himself of how this difference had actually served him well uh if you could maybe possibly tell tell us an example like you know how something just played out differently any specific conversation relationship product anything just if you could uh, help you know help a listener understand what you actually mean see most of the times and it was time to give tough feedback i used to be very very cagey around it because because i know when i give tough feedback they'll 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 again be sort of a reciprocal criticism i think what started happening is i started really going deep within and sharing with that person saying hey xyz for some reason i think you are completely there's something that is going wrong in the way you are thinking and and what you and i have a relationship with and i'm not sure what's happening but i feel that uh, there's some sort of insecurity you have or there's something that is happening and and when i would open up saying you know i actually feel very very hurt ladies and gentlemen feelings have entered the workplace but 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 when i started doing this the other person started opening up on what is really going on in the lives and and then and then what happened is once they started opening up and saying something and I, and 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 because i was now able to detach a bit it stopped being a mental chatter for me you know it stopped being a mental chatter there was no games anymore i had opened up the other person has opened up so first thing i was not holding any more chatter for myself 
for the next conversation or whatever. So that is the first thing. By chatter, he means anxiety, self-deprecating thoughts, unkind presumptions about himself and others. By speaking aloud his feelings at work and learning to speak aloud his feelings in therapy, Piyush was able to stem what he calls mental chatter in his head. Therapy helped him communicate better with his supervisors. The second thing and more powerful, very, very powerful, I realized once we went deep into therapy that 80% of who I am and why I behave the way I behave is because of what I went through in my childhood, my conditioning, right? In the beginning, it was a few leaders at the top who began therapy. Now 100 of InMobi's top leaders participate in the therapeutic process. Intellectually, we always knew that, hey, if I give this person a new great canvas, great designation and promote from within, they will come out and achieve their fullest potential. But this this thing of being able to work with that other person and let them discover their innermost fear, their conditioning, their childhood, their biases, the top 25 leaders of Glance and similarly now in Mobi know, know this, have gone through motions and process and journeys where they have witnessed these things coming out from each one of us. That completely opens up everything. It completely opened up a lot. It turns out that getting to know ourselves, getting to love ourselves, discovering compassion and kindness for ourselves, this is wonderful in and of itself, but it's also really good for business. And what we started seeing is that there's a very different level of trust that came in, in the system. Very different level. When there's trust, then I can talk to you, each other, as leaders, as, as people from the same unit. People started talking to each other. There was collaboration of different, different kind. People started doubting each one of them themselves lesser. And they started believing that this is possible. You know, it all boils down. It doesn't boil down to strategy, execution, capital, you know, unit economic. These are all byproducts. This is what you want. At the, at the highest end, at the highest level is belief and trust. Those are only two things that matter. Belief that the organization and hence me as an individual, I'm capable enough to go there, go for that rocket. Belief, right? And trust in each other of a different order altogether. That doesn't mean to say people are not conflicting or arguing or all that. If there is dispassionate problem solving without feeling judged, without hitting your ego, without... Uh, uh, without getting that unnecessary chatter after every conversation. The problem is meant to be, is bound to be solved. Piyush is now armed with brand new communication tools and the confidence to express and make space for feelings. He can now unpack his limiting thoughts and trace them back to his childhood experiences. And he's gotten pretty good at dialing down the anxiety in his head. And his colleagues are getting armed with these skills as well. 
and this is going to lead to what he calls the next phase of unlock for Inmobi. An already successful unicorn is going to emerge with newfound ambition and audacity. So across the leadership, across the leadership, the reason why we have grown and developed and gone way beyond our imagination last two, three years on Inmobi and Glance, none of this is possible. None of this is possible if we were operating with, with the previous era at, at some level. So, of course, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about specific metrics here, but ability for us to build something like this out of, out of India and Asia as a second unicorn, I would credit 70-80% of our, our momentum, our growth, and, and, and people to be more aware to, to, this, to this unlock journey. When Piyu says unlock journey, he actually means therapy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cost to Company. Before we let the credits roll, we have a small announcement to make. Cost to Company will be off the next Tuesday. That is, that we'll not be having scheduled programming on the occasion of Diwali. The team will be taking a well-deserved break. I myself will be in Kochi, so come say hi if you're there. But we'll be back on the 1st of November. This episode of Cost to Company, though, was written, hosted and produced by Sneha Vakharia. Audio engineering was done by Rajiv CN. And as always, if you have any feedback or thoughts, write to us at podcasts at the-ken.com. I hope you followed us on your favorite platforms. And on the 1st of November, I'll be back with an episode on the Founders Office. Do founders really need a founder's office? What attracts so many folks to the function? The taste of entrepreneurship? Being the jack of all trades and getting paid for it? The title, perhaps? What really goes on at the founder's office? And does it even need to exist in the first place? We'll find out in the next episode. Stay tuned.